How's it? How's it? My name is Mark Haystack. Thank you for tuning into the Berlin Life Youth Podcast. I actually met today's guest last year when I was watching TV. 50-50, a TV program on SABC2, was allowing youth and kids to send in their videos of what they were doing that was good for nature during lockdown. So I sent in my video and they showed it on TV. It was so cool. Got to see myself on TV for the first time. Really exciting. Um, and I was watching it and uh, some other kids were also featured. It went on for a few months. And one day I saw this uh, young guy from South Africa, similar to my age. And he also had a little snippet on TV to share what he was doing and his love for nature. And today I have him on the Birding Life Youth Podcast for this episode. Have a listen to my conversation with Shane Nguenya. So Shane, um, one of the first things that comes to mind uh, when I wanted to do this podcast episode with you was um, your little say you had on 5050 um, a while ago. Uh, when was uh-huh. that? Uh, I think it was last year, early, 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 early March or February, between those two months. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was plugged in by Dalin Preston from Cape Town, who works for Sun Parks. So he mentioned me on a Facebook page under uh, the Fifty Fifty Community Facebook page, and uh, posting uh under a post where they were looking for environmental warriors to say anything about the environment, what they are doing to help to save the environment, just anything that is based to nature and any environmental crisis. Yes. So I took that opportunity, I did my video, I said what I said, and then I sent the video back to 5050. So I kept I kept on I kept on communicating with 5050. When I showing the video, when I showing the video, when I showing the video, when yeah. I showing the video on TV, socials <laughs> and stuff like that. So months went by, I didn't see the video. I gave up on watching 5050 for like a month uh. or so. And then the next month I turned on TV first week, first week of, of October. Yes. Then I turned on TV around 7 p.m. Okay, watch 50-50, I watch 50-50, I watch 50-50. Here comes uh-huh. the, the part for environmental warriors. And then out of the blue, as I was going outside to refresh, and then I heard my voice like, on the <laughs> TV. I, my name is Shane Gwenya, just wow. out of the blue, man. Like, I was so excited. My cell phone was far away from me. I ran to the bedroom to grab my cell phone so I can get a, vi- a video of me and TV <laughs> yes. and stuff like that so I can show my friends. Wow. But unfortunately, was... I, was a little, I was a little bit late. I only managed to get the 15-second clip because uh, the environmental orders, they were cut short, they are simplified. Sure, they yeah, it was very exciting, like man. I remember... So, like, I was, Sorry, so I, I didn't even sleep that day. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I remember so, seeing so you. Heck. I remember seeing your little video on TV where you spoke about uh, your love for nature, and didn't you speak about your um, environmental club or something at school? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I did mention that the environmental club. So one of one of our new teachers at school, he once had an environmental club at at his previous school. So he suggested that we also should open our environmental club at school. But for us to open our environmental club, we had to be comforted with, because like, I remember very well, because we went to a competition whereby we were in a comp- competition of purifying water. We were tasked with building a project that can purify water, you see? And then things didn't go our way on that competition. We lost, and then we came back, we told our teacher, everyone was so sad, and then stuff. okay. The next day our teacher called us, guys, 
I have a plan. Let's come up with an, with an environment club here, whereby we'll be looking at environmental issues, social issues, or any issues that are affecting our environment here at school and also our learners. So that's how our environment club came. Mm -hmm. And we started with about with about 150 learners at school. So wow. as 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 the days went by and the time went by, you know, you know how things are in an environment club, you need to be committed, you need to be willing, uh. you need to be a hands-on person. So our numbers decrease and we are only left with uh, about 26 learners, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, but that's so good. That's, that's good that you got uh, an environmental club going. Uh, going. Um, I'm part of a school with maybe 100 kids uh, in the school and um, there's maybe 10 that uh, sort of help around with the the recycling at the school and our club isn't going so, properly actually. Um, so yeah, I go to school yeah. in the Botanical Gardens and not, we don't even have a proper environmental club going. So it's quite sad for me. Um, and there's not a lot of kids who are willing and, as you said, hands-on with this stuff. So even, yeah. even those 20, 30 people that you have at your school, that's great. That's well done. Uh, what are some of the stuff that you do in your environmental club? So uh, we, we just basically raise awareness, try to clean where, where, wherever we can. We celebrate each and every environmental day by rendering representations at assembly. But unfortunately, we don't do that anymore because of COVID-19. We no longer have assembly at school. So uh, our club has been too reluctant in the past few months due to COVID-19 because like our members are on and off. In this week, there are some. And then the next week, there are some. Like We, we just don't have that same energy we had before COVID-19. But I'm also trying where I can because, like, we, we planted 10 paperback trees, which we got from San Park Ruga National Park. So me and my friend at school, we are trying to manage those trees, try to irrigate them every week, try to make sure they are, they are well and well looked after. So, yeah, but our environment nowadays, ah, it's been too reluctant. It's not very functional due to sure. COVID-19 because I see. a few members, yeah. Yeah, I I I I uh, I relate to those environmental days. Our school is supposed to also go according to them, and for Mandela Day or something, we do a river cleanup. I think there's like National This Day, National That Day. Um, I think the 18th of September is International Beach Cleanup Day. I think. Really? Yeah, but uh, I'm not wow, sure how far how far are you from the beach? Oh, I'm way 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 too far, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. yeah I'm way too far. like uh the, the, the nearest beach that i can say i'm close to it's it's either mozambique or kzn sure so tell us a bit about yourself just for those who are listening who uh, don't know uh who is shane gwenya so uh shane gwenya it's a young man from umalanga I grew up in Nellis uh in Ligazi. I only stayed in Ligazi for about a uh, couple of few years until I did my third grade in Ligazi. And then after that, I moved to a small village here in Gomazi called Matadeni, which most people usually misidentify with Matadeni in Newcastle in KZN, but that's not the case. So I'm a guy who loves animals. I literally love nature. More specifically, I'm into reptiles. And then not long ago, I developed a passion for birds. But my passion or my love for nature started when I was doing grade two. Like 
whenever I came back from school, I didn't do my homework, I didn't touch anything that was schoolwork related. I'll just go straight to the TV, open Animal Planet, and then watch each and every show of The Crocodile Hunter, which was late Steve Ewing. Like, I always <laughs> ask myself, like, <laughs> like why, why, why is this guy he's like playing with animals, showing us animals and stuff like that? At a young age, I wasn't aware, didn't understand, like, why was he doing what he did? But as I grew up, I ended up having an understanding that this man was trying to showcase to us that we just need to live in humble and peace with nature and animals. We just need to love animals as we love ourselves. You see, uh, stuff like yeah, that. that's that's very so, important. So as time went by, I took on the education and then took on the education on myself. I just tried tried by all means to to add more information on my information box, and then started to showcase myself. And then back in 20, 2017, when I was doing grade seven, I opened a Facebook page going by the name Shane, the motivational speaker. I started, as, started out as a motivational speaker, like, oh man, I'm not getting any followers. I'm not getting any likes. Like no one is giving me <laughs> attention. I'm not uh, getting any messages on Facebook. And then time went by on grade 10. I remember that I have a Facebook page and then I went to Facebook. And then I changed that page to Shane, the environmentalist, wildlifer, and nature preserver. You see, and then that's where I started to get likes. Likes were piling. Like I went, I went from zero to about five hundred in a month. And then in the in, in the next two months, I got like one thousand five hundred. Sure. Now I'm standing on three thousand likes. You see. Mm. So all I all I all I do is I just raise awareness about environmental issues, the importance of living in peace and humble with nature, animals, and I try by all means to crush the myths and beliefs that we have about animals, especially in our society. Yes. Because like we are indigenous people, we believe in a lot of things and we believe in different things. So I'm just trying to render them facts and crush the myths that they have about certain things, about mm. certain animals, especially snakes. You see those things. Like most people believe that if if you kill a snake and do not ban it, the partner will come and look for it and stuff like that, which is not true. Hmm. And someone says if they see a baby snake or a juvenile snake, they, they will say like, the mom is around. There's a lot of snakes here. We need to kill this one and ban it so the others won't come. So that's sure. what I do. Wow. And I'm also a climate activist. I'm also concerned about the, the environment. I participate in online school strikes, which was started by the Great Climate Activist Greta Thunberg. So also try to share knowledge about what I have to my learners, to my peers, to my community. I also teach my community. And I also try by all means to inspire people to do what I do. Because if I just keep on telling them what to do, it's not going to be easy for them to do what I tell them to do, but I try by all means to inspire them so they, so that they can be motivated internally and externally so they can do whatever I'm telling them to do in legally with an understanding of why yeah. am I telling them and of why because must they do what I'm telling them to do, yeah. Yeah, I remember it was a few days ago, a few weeks ago, you had that video on uh, the two young girls at your school who had built that awesome like um, garbage bin and tell sure, us about sure, that. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, what happened is, like, at, at, at school, we, we usually have, like, environmental management projects in grade nine. 
I also did mine, but mine wasn't perfect because I didn't have that knowledge and stuff like that. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't willing to, you know, how, how, how we are in grade nine, naughty boys and all of those things. You <laughs> see. So those girls, those girls built uh, garbage or it has been using Coca-Cola cans. Yeah. So actually the, 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 the inner part of the dustbin was made with boxes and then it was coated with a certain paint, which was, which, which made it to be strong, like stiff to last long and stuff like that. And then the other, and then the outer, and the outer, the outer part was covered in Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola cans and they were assembled so nicely. And then there's, there was this other girl also doing grade nine. He made a Christmas tree using Coca-Cola cans. So he only took the Coca-Cola cans and coated them in old, old, old papers. And he used some old flowers of a crane and stuff like that. I don't know what went down there. So they just made amazing project and I just got inspired as a young environmentalist or environmentalist in the making. So I decided to do an interview with them so that they can tell us more about what made them to mm. pursue such ideas on creating the environment. And they only told me that our teacher is only teaching us what's right. We need to practice the triple R. So I was so, so impressed that our teacher's lessons are not going down the drain because they managed to practice the triple R, which is reuse, recycle, and reuse. And that's what they did. They reused Coca-Cola cans and they made a dustbin out of them. Yeah, see, that's awesome. Sure. And it's it reminds <laughs> me of it reminds me of eco bricks. We have at our school. We've got a, a like a, a small room that we have dedicated to eco bricks because our building is the main collection point for eco bricks in the garden route. Um, and like it's two liter Coca Cola bottles stuffed with plastic and wrappers and uh, papers oh. that can't go to waste. Well, yeah, well, would would usually go to waste in the in the dump, um, and often you find them flying around in the streets. You know, just garbage lying around. So instead of the sure. eco bricks, for those who don't know, is is like it's it's a way to you make these bricks out of bottles that some people have managed to make houses and structures and buildings out of. So like it, it reminds me of that uh, using the Coca Cola bottles to make a structure. Sure. sure. I'm well, I'm well aware of, of that idea. I've, I've once seen a post on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken, where like they, they built a, a house using like bottle stuff, stuff with a lot of papers, and then they coated that put that that those bottles with, with with cement to be that particular house and also can you tell me does it last? Is, is it strong? Like is it is it safe for one to to build a house or a wall using eco bricks? Mm, yeah, they. From what I've heard and from what the, the news I've heard about them, there's been apparently school buildings built in America with them where they, they use cement and eco bricks, which are they're basically very hard plastic bottles that they, they just, and you know, they've made buildings out of it. So I'd assume it's quite safe. Um, our, our school wants to start off small and make like a, a bench made of cement and the bricks, a small bench with a backrest or something. Uh, just to start using them for something and to show people what can be done. But I haven't heard of anything in South Africa uh, that's that they've used eco, eco bricks for. And I'm wondering why they haven't actually started using them for that yeah, stuff. Yeah, man, because like, it, it seems like a great solution into reducing the litter that we have. Yeah, true. Now, you say you you, you were you sort of live in the Nelsprate area. Um, now, you told me a while ago about how you found out 
<laughs> about the lesser whitethroat, <laughs> that very rare bird that pitched up. Um, so yeah, t- tell us how you found out about that one. Sure, man. That lesser whitethroat, like uh, my mom usually brings brings some newspaper for me from work, and then after being 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 passionate about birds, like uh, a few months back before that incident. So I just took the question paper, uh, I mean the, the newspaper, and then I went through it, I went through it, I went through it. And on the last page, like I saw I saw I saw I saw I saw that post like showing a lesser white throat bed saying a bed that has been lost. Like, how come can a bed be lost but it's alive, it's in a tree, it's it's flying around, <laughs> it's safe, but they're saying it's lost. Okay. I got a little confused and then I tried to avoid that 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 page. But a moment later, I went to it, and then they were like, okay, Twitchers. Twitchers came from Chobeka, KZN, Cape Town to Yo. see this bed. Like, <laughs> like, like, is this bed really lost? And then, okay, it took time. I just went through the, 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 the newspaper, and then I read, I read, I read, I read. And then I just found out that this, this bed doesn't originally belong here. It's rare. It's from North Africa and stuff like that. And then I was so amazed. Like I wanted to know more about that bit. And that that's when I texted you. You remember when I sent you the pictures of the newspaper? Yeah, bro. And then I asked you, I asked you what a Twitcher is. And then that's how I managed to to know about the lesser white throat bit that was lost in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know some guys who who live in KZN and uh Gauteng who actually went to go twitch the bird. Um and a few episodes back I interviewed um a couple of them who went to go look for the bird and about their journey there what some herbs they found some birds they found um uh-huh. and the experience there and they got to see it and photograph it but it was quite a journey now that's a that's quite a big twitch uh firstly it's big because you have to travel far and secondly it's big yeah. because it's such a it's such an awesome bird you know that's not supposed to be a, um yeah but yeah man. and 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 speaking of herbs like when you started having love for nature, were birds or herbs your first choice? Sure, it was birds. Um, uh-huh. but I, I became a birder, but I still have, when I was 12, I became a birder, um, but I still had that all-round love for nature. I wasn't only interested in birds. Sure. Like you get, it's quite funny, you get some yeah. people who go to the Kruger Park and they only want to see Birds, only want to see lions or big and, cats, and, you know. And most of and most of them will definitely have like stickers on their back, on their back of their cars, like "Don't follow me, I'm only looking for pets." Yes, <laughs> yeah, because often you get the oak, you get the one guy who 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 pulls up in his car next to you and says, "What do you see?" And then you go, "No, it's just a bird," you know. And it's like, "Ah, okay." And he keeps driving. Uh, but meanwhile, yeah. there's a racket-tailed roller or a lesser white throat sitting in the tree, and it's really cool. But people don't know, you know. They're just like, "Ah, it's just a bird." Yeah. So it's just a bird. Yeah. yeah it's just and and, and similar happens like to yeah to to those who are into herbs uh, or hair parts. You see. Like if if they found a, a rare species or a species that they have never seen, and then you ask them what's that, uh, um, it's, it's it's a snake. But to that particular person, to that particular helper, that thing means something big. That's something special. You see that feeling. That's yes. how it is. 
Like yeah. if, if you get someone who's not a beta and, and let's say this, let's let's go to Model Park and see that there's a white throat bait, like ah oh, come on man, I'm always seeing baits. What's so special about that bait? You see, but just because he's not a beta or she's not a beta, she won't understand how we feel about those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I've had that experience before. Um, where you know yeah. what was it? I, I remember it. I remember the feeling sitting somewhere and like just with my tripod and my camera sitting on my tripod and I was sitting on the wet grass and someone walked past and like, what are you doing? And I said, um, I'm, I'm watching a bird here. And they're like, Oh, okay. And I just kept walking. <laughs> and like maybe five people did that, but I was looking at a really special bird. I can't remember what it was, but I've had that experience before. And I was thinking, you know, if only they knew, like I'm looking at this really rare bird. Um, and, uh, when I found the buff breasted sandpipers in December last year, I, um, uh, it was so, <laughs> it was so weird. You know, I thought about it at, at a stage, it's a very Brown bird and it's so like, meh, you know, it doesn't look pretty, but it, it actually does look <laughs> yeah. pretty in some ways. Um, it's, it's like Brown and it's blotchy dots of black. Um, it's just in a very cool pattern, but otherwise it's not a very pretty bird except the amazing thing about the bird is like to know how far it had to travel to get to South Africa. Um, sure. Buff breasted sandpipers are, I believe they're from like North America area, um, Canada. And some reports have been in Europe, but they're also rare in Europe. Um, sure. And the record I saw with my friend was the 19th record for Southern Africa or the 18th record. So it was like so special, but still, if someone were to walk oh. past and see 50 people standing there <laughs> looking with their binoculars at a brown bird, they'd be like, uh, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> like what's so special about thing, man? Why are you yeah. wasting your time? Yeah, you're wasting your and time. I, and, and like, I, I always get, get those, 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 those crazy looks or those weird looks whenever I'm, I'm having like, when I was, I was, I was in nail spray, like, Two months back, I went to Lady Spread and then I was in town. So I went to a place where like there was running water, which looked like some switch and stuff like that. And it was predicted to have a lot of frogs. So I decided to go there one night just before 7 or 6 p.m. And then I started going around that, that wetland and stuff like that. And then most people were, were giving me less to look like, what is this guy doing? What, what, why are you, what are you doing, dude? Like, I also felt embarrassed. I also felt ashamed. I even wanted to stop what I was doing, but you know how I am. When you are passionate about something, just keep on feeling, no matter what's happening, you just keep on feeling your passion. Yeah. No matter how people look at you, just keep on feeling your passion. Yeah. That's just man. how it, it <laughs> we, we, I've had that a few times as well. Yesterday I was, I was cycling along the road in my neighborhood and I found this little, it's a little river in, in the suburb in where the houses are. And there's, you know, there's nice vegetation growing, but the, the river was like clicking with frogs. There must've been clicking stream frogs or something. Um, man, sure. I was looking for painted reed frogs there. And I was, I jumped over the fence cause it, it wasn't private property. It was just blocking you from going to the railway line. Um, and sure. you know, some people would look at me, they would, they would go like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, some people would drive past and I just see them, you go like, Good. Look at you yeah. as they ride past, just and just keeps, you know, it was so funny, yeah. but I just kept going. They must've thought I was looking at, I don't know, looking, I have no idea what they must've thought. What, what on earth would have gone through their heads? There's a guy standing on the side of the road, looking at a river, 
Yeah. No, but it's at some stages, it's quite sad to think that people don't assume you're looking at nature these days, you know, they don't see a guy in a field looking up and say, Oh, he's bird watching. It's not a very, well, well, it's in some ways it's becoming more common, but that's not, it's usually not the first thing people think of when they see someone lifting rocks or someone, you know, looking up, that that thing is that guy crazy why is he lifting rocks and then putting them back again yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, meanwhile that, you're that, hoping that, looking that's, for that's, lizards and stuff like yeah man like it's 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 so crazy like we are living in a crazy world i can say like whenever i'm at school when i see someone littering i would literally pick up that particular litter and then give it back to him or her and if she resists or if he resists to take that litter i'm gonna make sure that by the end of the day, I will definitely find his or her class and I'm going to put that litter in his or her bag. That's how I am. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I so wish like everyone could understand of you, the world with a natural eye and then see the importance of nature and see the importance of living in a clean environment, see the importance of using our natural resources sustainably. Because sometimes like, I just kind of feel like like, why am I wasting my time? Why am I wasting my time? Because like, none of these people that I'm telling to do this and that, or none of these people that I'm trying to inspire, they do not follow me. They just look at me down, look on me down. And sometimes I just kind of feel like whenever I pick up litter at school and then someone litters back, like, why why am I still picking up, picking up litter? Because it, it, it's nothing. It's much more like a minor thing and then someone is eating. A minor thing and then someone is eating. For instance, like climate change, not all people are aware of climate change. It can be me and you and you being aware of climate change, trying to raise our awareness about climate change and stuff like that, trying to raise awareness about living in a sustainable environment or stop stop littering. And then we have 10 people who are going to litter. It's going to be two against 10. And that's what's happening right now. You and I are going to pick up the litter and then the 10 are going to what, to litter again, which means like you and I are just literally wasting our time. Sometimes mm. I just kind of feel like what, whatever climate activities or whatever we are doing, it's just kind of like we are wasting our time, but it's not like that. It's because those other people who are not aware about climate change need to be educated. They need to be inspired. They need, they need that thing, that spark that's going to change their mindset. Because I yeah. kind of feel like everyone is going to be aware about climate change in the wrong time in the time where everything is going to be hectic. You see, I just kind of feel like everyone is going to, to understand climate change by fire, by force, when they see a flood attacking their home or cyclones attacking their home or attacking where they are. Because like most people who are not aware about climate change, they've never been affected by catastrophic events. Like in Africa, we've never had any catastrophic event, if I'm not mistaken, but we do experience some. But in South Africa, I haven't seen or heard about any catastrophic event based on climate change. And that's what makes people not to be aware about climate change. But the struggle goes on. Alute continua. We're going to educate. We're going to inspire until everyone is aware about climate change. You see? And sometimes I also wish that I could, like, we as humans, we could just focus at one problem at a time. For like, we have issues like gender based violence. Why don't the world just focus on gender-based violence at the single time and then get rid of gender-based violence and then we go and take in another problem, climate change. We take in climate change as a whole 
and then we go to crime. We take crime. We take crime as a whole, but that is going to be impossible because everyone has their own issues. Everyone has their own problem. Everyone is minding their own business. But anyways, oh. the struggle continues. Yeah, man. Yes, sure. Yeah, we. Uh, I I agree with that, man. That's good points. Good points. Sure. I I think I uh, one way I like influencing people around me is as you said, inspiring, trying to inspire people. Um, and just like I was inspired, um, I, I started birding with my friend and then we joined a bird club and, you know, the old people sort of, they taught me and they mentored me, mentored me in the bird club, um, and got me more involved and uh, they, they inspired me in a way. Um, but I also inspired them because I was young and, and, uh, the older people, oh, you know, who are in bird clubs yeah. don't usually say, Oh, look, they don't usually see a young person enjoying nature, any form of nature. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's such an interesting thing these days, you know, how, how to know how to inspire people to love nature, because sometimes you can go out and you're bird watching and then a guy says, Hey, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm, I'm looking at this bird. And then you, you kind of want to tell them about it to say, it's actually really cool to go bird watching. Um, but you don't want to push them to, to, to make them feel like sure. you are, um, you are being um, pushy, like you are trying to get them involved, and that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then yeah, they, and then yeah, they are yeah. all of a sudden not interested anymore, and they go, "No, that's cool. Enjoy your day. Goodbye." You know, it's 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 a really difficult thing to 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 tackle to 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 find out how to influence people, and uh, um, what's the word? motivate people and uh i lost the word it was on the tip of my tongue now uh, <laughs> yeah, how to inspire fine, people to get involved in nature sure. uh, because yeah now that i am, am uh am a birder i'm a naturalist i love it but before i was 12 years old i wasn't totally yeah. interested <laughs> in going out and observing nature yeah. as much as i am now but now See, that i am yeah i really love it the, the difficulty is to try explain to others that Listen, it's actually a really sure, cool thing sure, to do. Sure. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and that's always the case on my side. Like you, you, you just basically get to inspire those older people or those elders who had the same passion as you at their age, you see? And that's where the support comes in. For like instead, I had the opportunity to go to Kruger National Park for like, uh, for like a week without paying any cent because like there was this, 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 this lady from Cape Town, I just mentioned earlier, Dallin Priston. She saw my work on Facebook that I was inspired by nature. I tried to raise awareness about nature, showcased my love for animals and stuff like that. And then I had the opportunity to be invited to Kruger for like a week, you see. And she also had that same, she also had that same passion at my age. And she still does have that same passion at her age. I don't know how old she is now, maybe like between 60 and 70, between those years, or maybe I'm making her too old. I don't know her age exactly. But as I'm talking now, he's at Kruger National Park and he's been there like for a month. And I'm think and I think he's going to be to be there for another two months. You see, she just loves animals, she just loves nature. Mm. Even though she she's working under Sun Park. She's doing what she does out of love. You see, that's how it is. Yeah. And people yeah. people must see that. It's it's hard for some people to see that who come from towns and live their whole life in the town or the city. 
it's hard for them to for their nature eyes to open and and see what we really yeah. enjoy outside um but now shane i wanted to ask you how good sure. are you at your zulu bird names zulu bird names oh no i would say like uh zulu bird names ah man let's let's, let's just give it 10% out of 100. Like, I'm, I'm not really good. I'm, mm. I'm not really good with, with Venak names or Zulu bed names. Yeah. And I'm not that really good when it comes to bedding. I only started bedding like this year. I only started bedding this ah, year. Okay. So if, even even in, in Swati names, okay, I, I do have some names in my community, but I cannot tell whether like some some would say in Konjan. Okay, I know in Konjan it's a in Konjan. You know, you know, it's 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 in Siswati, and that that that's uh, in Konjan. It's a it's a Panswalo. Ah. In Konjan, we call in Konjan Panswalo. And then in Konjan, yeah. And then we, we've got some house sparrows and house sparrows in our 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 Venak our Venak language. We call them Mastandi. You see, Mastandi. And Mastandi must means landlord, you see. And <laughs> a house party, a house party usually inhibits properties or houses, you see. Yes. Hence, its name is called house party, living lives around the houses and stuff sure. like that. And they decided to call it Mastandi in our. Mastandi. <laughs> so, yeah, Mastandi. <laughs> sure. Are we... That's pretty cool. I like that name. Yeah, I, I, sure. I think the. the... The, the the other names from Africa, like the Zulu, the Afrikaans bird names, the other African bird names, they're so much better than the English ones. You know, I, I, sure. in my opinion, guys, like, yeah. I mean, a let's see, you get Afrikaans ones like um, a kwe kwe fool, which is like a, a kwe kwe bird, uh, is a, uh-huh. a, a green, is a cameroptera because it, it imitates the sound that the bird makes. You know, it goes quack, quack. It's like a little bird. And then you get the queer fool, quack, which is quack. the the go away bird uh, that goes quack. Yeah, yeah. The queer quack, fool. Quack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you have that? No, and I just saw, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just saw one like before we, we, we had this, before our meeting now, now I just ah, saw one around. Away, uh, that's cool. Around, got out, got out to five on my way, on my way home from school. I saw one. They go away. Yeah. But for me, um, uh, the landlord bird is the best name I've come across yet. <laughs> How do you yeah, say it again? Mastandi. 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 Yeah, Mastandi. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. That's the landlord. Sure. <laughs> and, 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 and we call the a blue X bill. You see, we call a blue X bill in swing, swing. In oh. swing, swing. Oh wow! Yeah, and, they, oh, and that's so in descriptive. Sweet, sweet. Sure. Yeah, that's because they give speed. off that sweet, sweet call. Yeah, in sweet, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 a pied crew, a pied crew. We call it Likwababa, uh, Likwababa, Likwababa. That's a pied crew. What What does that mean? I don't know what 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 it does mean, Likwababa, or is it because of the sound it makes? Ah. And our elders here, in, our elders here in, in our community, always cry about that, about pied crews because they end up stealing chicks of their hands and stuff like that. Ah. See. Yeah, they're and horrible in they, that they way. Just, yep. they, they, they just hate pied crews, man. They hate pied crews. <laughs> so, do you say Likwabamba? 
kwa baba as in like kwa baba you see kwa baba okay yeah kwa baba you just say kwa yeah like that man okay kwa baba yeah okay sure yeah and then how do you say the plural of that uh guna tu okay we usually we usually mix our our language with english you see but in our language, you, you can say guna mabili you see mabili guna mabili mabili means two, means two okay guna mabili mabili makwa baba you see that okay. means this two pied crews yes guna okay. mabili makwa baba <laughs> and then and then another pet that's that's called in venak regarding it's 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 called or it's sound the the brown hooded kingfisher it's called umchororo or umchororo huh? the brown hooded kingfisher umchororo we call it umchororo okay yeah and what did you say yeah, the but, name was referring to i think it's 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 because of the sound it it, it makes but i haven't had the opportunity to share a, a brown hooded kingfisher calling but that's mm-hmm. what i've been told by one of the pair who's mentoring me emmanuel mm. he says so yeah that they're calling the pranhuret kingfisher umchororo regarding its sound or its call it makes cool okay shop sure. yeah you get the sure um the the in australia you get the the kookaburra that makes that laughing sound the laughing kookaburra have you seen have you seen those words uh-huh. on on the internet or in books No, I haven't come across such. Sure. They're said to be, I'm not sure if they're classified as kingfishers in the books anymore, but they are said to be the biggest kingfisher species in the world. They're like this big if they sit on your arm. It's crazy. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. It's so hectic. If there was an indigenous name for that one, I'm sure it would refer to its its sound because uh, it's got like this like ugly laughing call um and i mean laughing kookaburra suits it quite well but uh you know the african language uh-huh. gives so much more description it's like uh like sure, yeah. you know that's just like yeah. so much more they, they, <laughs> yeah like venak languages usually accommodate any features that particular bird has but like instead the the the, the common blue wax bill they they cause it make swing 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 and then they decided to call it in swing so you see those in swing swing and that's that that's how venak names like are really much more funny than english yeah. name or any other names you see yeah, yeah. That's cool i'd love to get um that new book relatively new book of uh robert's i think it's a robert's birds but it's in zulu i think it's a uh-huh. i'm not sure if it's robert's birds who published it but there's a zulu a bird book that came out for the birds of south africa and i'd love to get that one um uh yeah. in, my, in my room shelf one day but yeah you know what shane but sure, it's been cool. a lack of talk uh thank you for joining uh-huh. me for the discussion man no worries man no worries man okay enjoy your weekend and happy birding all righty then if you enjoyed listening to this podcast you can subscribe to the birding life on all your social media platforms and find us on any podcasting app until next time Be blessed and happy birding.